to breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's Weird Brunch So I went to a It was a memorial service for people who died during COVID So it was like one of those Not sad Celebration of life right. kind of things Because everybody already cried all they need to Um it's a teeny church in this teeny town in Kentucky. And like I flew into Nashville and we stayed there and then just drove in because that was the best you could do to get to this place. And then they had just, you know, regular Catholic church service. And then like, hey, you guys want to come help us bury the urns? Sure, because they can't just keep the bodies around for, you know, nine months. <clears throat> so we're going to go bury some urns. And we get to this little spot. And to get to the hill where they wanted to be buried, we had to take a hay wagon. <laughs> and Trish That's and such I a had, specific wagon, right? I know. Trish and I had had, had put on our Sunday best because we haven't been to church in a minute. We don't know, so we put we were wearing like our fancy city type dresses. Everybody else is in flip flops and sundresses or whatever. They're in and, hay wagon wear. Yeah, and so there's a couple of pickups that can make it up this steep muddy mountain and then everybody else has to take the hay wagon and we there's a ton of kids around grandkids great grandkids we figure the kids are gonna jump in the hay wagon we'll all take the van you know no the kids all scattered into the vehicles and all the old people had to ride the fucking hay wagon so we get on the end and we're sitting on a hay bale that's about to slip out the back because we're going up a hill this steep bouncing along Everybody in skirts and dresses. Everybody's laughing at us because we were waiting politely for everybody else to find a seat as the outsiders. And then there was a couple seats left on the end of the hay wagon. We're like, oh, we can take those. And we're like, you sure? And we're like, you city we slickers. Didn't, we didn't realize the, the end of the hay wagon was the place not to be. Yeah, it's like the end of a roller coaster. Yeah. The caboose so we, of the train. And we finally get off the top of this hill at like two miles an hour. Uh, after going over every bump and you know, they're the priest there says that the extra prayers, the like you're really dead now prayers. And then they put their urns in the hole. They had to chase a couple of kids out of the hole. Cause there were just kids like dancing in the hole. And then uh, they put the urns in there and then they tell the grand great grandkids to just bury the thing. And they're like, yes, and they dive into the piles of dirt and just start throwing dirt at into the hole at each other all over the place. I called it a, a hillbilly snowball fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a total mess. Like I had no idea what was going on. That finishes. We're all covered in mud. It starts to rain. And Trisha and I look at each other and like, and now there's a barbecue. We are not dressed for this. So we excuse ourselves and drive to like, we would go to the nearest town for clothes. And the nearest town is not a town. And they mm-hmm. have like one boutique and it's like a lady who got into Lulabro and then got stuck oh. with a lot of inventory. Oh no. And that's where we shopped for outfits. And she was so nice. Let me tell you, but we bought some, we fit in at the end of that shopping trip, like some like flouncy, very loudly patterned clothes. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Are there pictures of this? Like how do we view? <laughs> there are no pictures of this. Did oh you, come there will on! Be no pictures of, did you keep no. your outfit? No, <laughs> we did. Yes, yes, yes. Because okay. we now both have our Halloween costumes for the year. Oh my god! Well, it's that, what it's are that you? garish. 
What are you? We're, we're uh, uh, funeral attendees in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, we're going to be uh, Western Kentucky influencers. And we're going to wear like selfie, like have a selfie stick and like walk around in these clothes. I love it's that. It's like Wheel of Road clothes. Yeah. It's rude, but it's funny. It's so funny. I, I haven't laughed so hard as when I saw Trish put on these like flouncy shorts <laughs> with pineapples on them. It's so I, I refuse to believe that y'all did not take any photos. Mm-mm. Oh my god, that's like <laughs> none of that. I mean, I guess you wouldn't really take photos at a funeral normally. That was the main know? thing. Like, yeah, but you didn't like, like, didn't, like down selfies, the minute you left. Selfies next to the hay bales and the kids like throwing dirt at the urns or whatever. Like, what's up? Yeah. I would have done that. Yeah. (laughs) You couldn't have gotten me not to do that. Well, we didn't have our phones. Because, like, we were like, I put my purse down at the picnic Mm. table when we got there. And everybody's like, hey, jump on the hay wagon. Then I was, like, so confused. I, like, you know, I didn't have a phone. I didn't have any. Got up to the top of this hill with Uncle Bud, who only could understand, like, every fourth word he said. It was. I did not realize I had this branch of my family. It was pretty great. It was a lot of fun. Uncle Bud is a great name for an uncle. I, mm-hmm. I like that. Two D's. I support it. Double Hell D's. Yeah. yeah. Is this this isn't bio family, is it? No. See, no. at least you have that. <laughs> bio family. At least you got is that. It's a nice girl. urban Indianapolis family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hung out with them too, and that was fun. I finally got to meet my siblings, so that was cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We went around to uh, downtown Indianapolis, which is a lot cooler than that sounds. India is a really no, cool city. I love India. Like downtown Indianapolis mm-hmm. is so fucking cute. It's it cool. is. And oh it's a really nice. It's a nice city. Yeah, I like it there. I wouldn't mm-hmm. move there, but I'll visit. Um. Yeah. When we so Whitney and I went to the Arkansas oh. wilderness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Oh, I'm surprised all three of us are alive after our Never right. <laughs> uh, these liberal freaks are just coming into the middle of America now. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what it felt like. <laughs> but uh, Spencer, shout out, was talking very briefly to me about underground people that live underground. Uh, in the Ozarks. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look this up. But then instead I just asked a coworker who is also into that kind of shit. And he sent me some YouTube videos of like full on cities, tunnels, like military huge. I mean, like the, the tunnels are, are they're not like, were these real or were they, artist like renderings it was multiple videos from multiple people one of which was jesse ventura of them driving near it and then some people driving into it and then there's like it's a long age like a railroad so that there's easy like uh transport and then there's Mm -hmm. A bunch of there were a bunch of parking lots with um like where there were there some near where we were like close enough for us to get to. I was on my work account 
Okay. <laughs> and uh-huh. so when I realized that and I was like, oh, good. You ship has now watched all of these right. conspiracy type videos. Um, I, I bounced off, but I do know it's all like Missouri, Arkansas area. I believe most of the people, and I, I only saw like two or three videos, but most of them were near, um, Missouri and these tunnels go from that area to Denver. Cause I've always thought of the Denver, Denver. Air- mm-hmm. Wait, to- what? yeah, they go, I mean, at least to Denver. And then I think on the other side they go. I mean, it's states big. <laughs> wow. No, then it's not real. That's <laughs> that would be the most impressive engineering feat on the planet. True. Like, why aren't we utilizing it? We yes. are. No, publicly we aren't. There are. There are. <laughs> is pissed at you now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, the public is no, we aren't, isn't. But there, are, mm-hmm. like, they interviewed three, two or three truck drivers that were entering the tunnels, and they were no. like, "What do you mean, no? I watched it." Says no. I mean, how do you know it does? Okay, I'm this here is, to this believe. This is like saying that a bunch of bootleggers Just, built a space station. Okay, okay, I'm. <laughs> That they're using this is like and not telling anybody about. In the Fast and Furious 9, Ludacris <laughs> builds a car that can go to space, and they actually do. Exactly. Will one of you just Google Ozark's tunnel? Like, that's all you have to... I believe, I believe that there are tunnels in the Ozarks. Oh, for sure. I believe yeah, that you could and tunnels. take videos going through tunnels... However, mm-hmm. I do find it hard to believe that there is a system of tunnels that is so linked that mm-hmm. you can use them to drive in a car from Missouri to Colorado. I yeah, you- found a tunnel called the Bobby Hopper Tunnel mm. that is on US 74 and it's considered the most dangerous tunnel in America. <laughs> <gasps> Because it's built so poorly. Well. <laughs> what else should I have found? Can I screen share on the... I can! <coughs> Ooh. We'll see if it works. And yeah. New, new world. Of- I like this, new too, because this still... This isn't your story, right? This is just... No. This no, is just banter. So, mm-hmm. welcome to Weird Brunch. Also, I will say... Lisa uh, Spencer was trying to quiz Lisa about lizard people, and Lisa did not know her shit. I didn't know. Oh, Spencer was, was, I was disappointed. He was. He was really disappointed, which is why he didn't tell me much about these tunnels. It was like he, it was. It was some <laughs> yeah, fucking why. payback. And I know he's going to hear that. He he will. Are you uh, going to scratch scratch? Yeah, I'm trying to find recently watched from my work account. Yeah, because now I'm in the carpal tunnel. Like I'm really oh, hunting for you, but I yeah. Um, one moment. I've got this. It's it's all like military and like truck drivers and and stuff like that. It's not like for us yet, is the theory. 
Oh my right. god. I talk way too much shit with my friend. Okay. One moment. I'm gonna get this link. You can cut all this out. So that um, I believe that there's like underground facilities. That's pretty common. Government likes remember mm-hmm. the government cheese. They keep the cheese in the cave. They keep the cheese in the caves. I just don't think there's tunnels linking a bunch of far flung okay. states together. Do you want the Jesse Ventura one? <laughs> Yes. Let's do that one. That's probably yes. He's been options. a governor. Let's gotta be he the knows. most credible, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of our politicians are always super credible. So let's yeah. go for it. I want the guy with the highest security clearance, especially when they come from the okay. WWE. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Can y'all hear that? Okay. No. no. I hear an echo though. Now. Share screen. Can't see it either. I just see Karina slowly stroking her hair, being like, You're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, Let's fucking see. Oh my God, stop. The secret underground city that will save the elite. What? I can't. Okay. Isn't Jesse Ventura part of the elite? Mm hmm. Eh. No, he doesn't. I think he's fallen out of the elite. Yeah. This took way too long, but I do want y'all to see this shit because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Oops. I'm Is not it in a, the chat? I don't see it. I'm about to have it in there. Oh, okay. I do. I like that we're going into this. So much shit happened this week also that mm-hmm. is very relevant to mm-hmm. our podcast, especially Britney Spears is getting all fucked up again and Bill Cosby was released and Rumsfeld died and there was one more thing oh well hardcore pawn is after this so that's how I know I can trust this information that's true The I mean when they start out with the Illuminati I just mm-hmm. really big <laughs> he looks he looks like the guy from that Icelandic kids show where they make a cake. It's a piece of cake to. Yeah. This just looks like a very large underground parking garage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a government yeah. cave. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. Well, and it to has me, like that's... doors and shit. To go up to well, the mall? Yeah. All of the malls. All of the malls are on this. Oh, uh, my God. He's like, who knows where that leads? Guys, I could probably find this on Google Maps. Like, it's just an underground storage facility. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I'm glad they're having fun. Well, I would like to spend some time on it. Well, no, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong. I mean, I don't think it's for, like, the elite whenever shit goes no. down or, or whatever, but... I do. I mean, it could be. Cheyenne Mountain in Colorado famously was an underground base for the elite to go to in a nuclear apocalypse. The difference was everybody knew about it. It wasn't a secret. It was just, here's where the president and the cabinet go if we get attacked by nuclear bombs because it's safe. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And it's huge. And you can take a tour of it. Big and everybody shelter. knew exactly where it was. Yeah. It was just hard to get into until they declassified it and... And all that. So it might just be a government underground cave tunnel thing. 
But the whole, the thing where Jesse Ventura is like, who knows where that leads? I mean, turn and drive well, down and find out. Probably right. to probably, a dead end. Yeah, about 50 yeah. feet further and then you're there. Yeah. Or it's a storage room. That's yeah. Dead end in. Sorry, I came in with real, real scully energy. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I don't have a dog in this fight other than I do think that these tunnels exist. And that's crazy to me that they do. And that they are like transporting things through it or into it. I need you to. Yeah, there needs to be like. Mm-hmm. more done on this because right now it just sounds like no offense <laughs> Lisa but it sounds like it's like I'm just really surprised that underground storage exists <laughs> like that's what it sounds like to me which you know I agree it's it's interesting yeah. and I think like the cheese caves and shit like that is cool but how I, many billions of tons of cheese they have that how yeah. come jesse ventura is not like pulling into a tunnel that's full of billions of tons of cheese because that would be a jaw dropper i just like, I can you imagine see. what he would do with that like is the illuminati made of cheese i mean yeah <laughs> what will they survive on when the they cause the apocalypse what do you think Bacteria. it means when you order a cheese pizza <laughs> <laughs> oh my god pizza gate full circle um i sent another video don't watch it now but it has more okay. of the like actually inside and looking around okay. stuff cool mm-hmm. well welcome to weird brunch <laughs> so you guys didn't go to any of those when you're on your trip to arkansas no I didn't know about them until I got back, really. Dang. Well, yeah, up there, you didn't have enough internet. You couldn't, like, Mm-mm. looking stuff like that up was very difficult. So, yeah, it was a good time, man. I can't believe it's been less than a week. It That feels like a really long time ago already. Yeah. And it hasn't been. I this think week I'm just tired. Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, I am tired from this week. I am too. And I have to go to work after this. Oh, <sighs> it sounded like you did. I'm sorry. I did, I did just one more Google. I'm just going to put a bow on this. <gasps> they stumbled into uh, an in-progress construction of the Ozark Mountain Data Bunker, which is an underground data center to keep servers cool for March. Oh. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the room, yeah, with all the. That's the room. So all of those little cubby holes are going to be filled with servers. Servers. Yeah. That... And that's where go. all the cloud is. Mm-hmm. And there's one uh, in near Kansas City too. That's supposed to be the largest underground storage facility called Subtropolis. But they're yeah, they're data storage. Ah. Uh. I'm still going to dig around, but I figured it out. Yep. That's where he was driving. Oh, there's the entrance. That's what he did. He went to Subtropolis in Kansas city. He basically went to an amusement park. (laughs) (laughs) I would go to that amusement park. Just Uh, was that a lizard person? Where are they? 
The north edge of the complex with Subtropolis contain, uh, contains worlds of fun and oceans of fun amusement park. <laughs> the Chiefs have their NFL training camp nearby. There you go. Maybe that's why I was in town. What a great hoax, Jesse Ventura. Good job. For a second, I thought that was a jug of milk because of the oh, bottom wow. of it. And I was like, dang, yep. chugging I, that I milk. celebrate a good Googling with a jug of milk. Just like <laughs> they do in the Indianapolis <laughs> Lisa, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. just tired. Well, I've got a real estate centered story as long as we're talking about places that are mysterious as long as we're right. talking about nouns i guess i got a noun i'm trying <laughs> i i trying approve it, it. I, I support it go go <laughs> on crying have, have you guys ever heard of the lady of lars no <gasps> i almost did this oh okay good so you saw this too yes I'm very excited. Okay. This one's pretty cool. All right. So in the uh, 1660s, there was, there be a tune in uh, the North Highlands of Scotland. So, like if you looked at a map of Scotland and you put your finger at the geographic center of it, that's where we're talking about. It's a town called Lors, which is like spelled like lawyers without the Y. And it's under the mountain called Benlar, which is like a Scottish style mountain, just a big, tall mount. What? I'm sorry. One moment. What mm-hmm. is a Scottish style mountain versus another style mountain? I guess it's just a big hill kind of more the, so. Yeah, they're, they're round. They're very round and slopey and gentle. They're not like very pointy. Titty mountains, titty mountains, yeah, exactly. And they're not particularly tall. We're talking like, you know, a couple thousand feet instead of tens of thousands of feet. But they're still like frequent enough that it makes everywhere mountainy. Beacups, yes, beacups. Ah, oh, someday. Anyway, there's also a lake, or as they like to say, a loch, uh, <laughs> called Loch Loch Tay. So you've got Ben Lars and Loch Tay, and in between the two is a town called Lars. And in that Lars was the Lady of Lars, Mary Campbell, the daughter of Sir James Campbell, the fourth of Lars. She was born on a farm uh, near Loch Tay in the 1600s. She married a man named John Stewart because that's what people from Scotland are called. No. Um. <laughs> And she was always referred to as Bentegern Labour, or the Lady of Lars. Um, it's still there, but the, the, the village, but not really. It's mostly ruins, and here's why. So early on in her life, as a teenager, they were building a church, or a kirk. They call it a kirk. Um, and this was happening near the Lady of Lars property, And they were just about to finish it. They brought in some giant stones for the ridging to be placed at the top of the wall before they added the thatched roof. And the lady uttered the first of her many prophecies, saying, the ridging stones shall never be placed on the roof of the church. And everybody in the (laughs) town laughed at her. They thought that's hilarious because they're right here. 
all we gotta do is pick them up and put them up there on the church when <clears throat> lightning crash, Ooh, you know, what? thunder, a violent storm blew up, and the stones were washed down the hill into the deep waters of the lock, where they sank to the very bottom and could not be recovered. Da, da, da. The Lord intervened. So you know what I? Shit. You know this what? Chick knows shit. What I didn't know about mm. this was that they put stones underneath the thatching. I, I for some reason thought it would be like wood and not, but yeah, these are the capping stones at the top of the wall that you lay the wood pieces on. Oh, okay. That. So these have to be the biggest, strongest stones. You don't want to just lay it in rubble, right? Like these are the mm-hmm. the giant ones with the grooves that the wood goes in. I don't Special know. stones. Special stones that you have to look high and low for, and they all washed into the lake. Now, they still finished the church. They still finished the church and uh, got some new stones, but whatever. The Lady of Lords was not done saying shit. Because close to that new church, somebody planted an ash tree. And the Lady of Lords said, the tree shall grow. And when it reaches the height of the gable of this church, this church will split asunder. People like, whoa, okay. And that one didn't happen right away, so like, whatever. Um, And she was buried under that tree later when she died in the 1700s. Well, that's a weird choice. It was her land, I guess. I don't know. Here's some other shit that she said during her lifetime before she died in the early 1700s. She also said, when the tree reaches the ridge of the church, the house of Balach will be without an heir. She also said, evil will come to him who harms this ash tree. She had a lot about the tree. The tree was very important to her. Uh, she said that Lakte, there will be a mill on every stream and a plow on every field. And then she said the land will be sifted and then ridded of its people. The jaw of the sheep will draw drive the plow from the ground. And the homes on the Lakte side will be so far apart that the cock will not hear its neighbor <laughs> crow and then she turned to the Bredelbanes, the biggest family in town and she said you will achieve great glory and then a short while after the last laird will pass over glen ogle with a gray pony leaving nothing behind wow that's some other shit too so there's a lot there's a lot of prophesying and everybody was like whoa okay dramatic none of it happened none of it happened, of it happened. what a crazy lady of lars they buried okay. under the tree. In 1833, the tree reached the roof of the gable of the church. And the church itself split. The roof split in half. Just as she predicted when she said, when the tree what? reaches the height of the gable, the church will split asunder. But then, 10 years after that, the Church of Scotland and the Free Church split like literally the, the whole church of Scotland split in half due to Protestant break off mm-hmm. of the congregation. So now people are like, oh, that lady of Lords is on to something. And then she had also said, when the tree reaches the bridge of the church, the house of Balak will be without an heir. And in 1862, the Marquis died without an heir. Mm-hmm. So now people are like, whoa. And uh, she also said evil will come to those who harm the ash tree. In the 1870s, one of the townspeople who was like sick of all these ash tree predictions coming true, a local farmer named John Campbell got a horse and got his assistant and went and chopped it down 
He was later Admin. gored by his own bull. His assistant went mad, and the horse that pulled the farm cart dropped down dead three days later. Dang. This is all 150 years after she died. I was about to say, now, the fact that people were like, remember that one crazy bitch and what she was saying? Like, that they kept her like mm-hmm. in their mind. Like, that's nuts to me. Because yeah, well, how many people have said are... crazy shit to you that you're like, oh, bye, and never think about it again? I, I get the feeling that her predictions weren't just like one day she stood up on the table drunk and yelled it at the pub. Like, she said this shit constantly, like, I think is the thing. Right. Like she's always saying to everybody who would listen to her, when that tree gets so tall, everything's going to be bad. And now people are actively remembering what she said 100 years later because stuff really started coming true. She said that thing about a mill on every stream and a plow on every field. That part of Scotland had a huge increase of flax farming. And there were 13 mills up and down the lock. And there's farms as far as the eye can see. And in the 1870s and 80s, it was a huge industry. And uh, the whole area boomed, including the House of Brettlebane, who she said would achieve great glory. They became the largest landowners in the Scottish Highlands, and Queen Victoria herself came to stay at their house. So everybody's like, wait, all the good shit she said has come true. That means the bad shit she said is also going to come true, because she also said the jaw of the sheep will drive the plow from the ground, and the homes will be so far apart that a a rooster won't hear its neighbor crow. In the 1910s, after World War I, was the Scottish Highlands clearing, and people just fled the Highlands. Industry collapsed. Um, weird shit started happening up there. In one census, they found a woman who had given birth 20 times, and only two of her children had survived. Like, the land Yikes. depopulated. The whole... Uh, Riverside, every single mill went out of business. The population went from 3,500 to about 500, and nobody had any job or anything to do except being shepherds. And Wait, but why? And sheep took over the, because of uh, an economic collapse. Just w- not anyone in particular, just a thing. And it's the Highland Clearings, which is kind of a famous, it's sort of like when the, the Irish potato famine, but for Scotland. Okay. Uh, things just hard times hit hit them when when hard times hit England. Scotland took it the hardest because England said "fuck you, Scotland." I guess. Anyway, they love doing that. They sure do. Uh, so the whole like clearing of the land came true, and then she also said the last laird of the Breadlebanes will pass over the river with a gray pony, leaving nothing behind. Uh, these were the people who hosted Queen Victoria. After World War II, the Countess of Brettlebane, the last of her family who'd been living at her ancient manor in Killen, finally sold it in 1948, and she did cross over Glenoggle on her way to the station in a little horse-drawn carriage drawn by a gray pony and left nothing behind. (laughs) So they all came true hundreds of years later, except for three. First... A strange air will come to Bollock when the boar's stone at Fiernan topples over. Okay. Second, a ship driven by smoke will sink in the lock with great loss of life. 
There is a steamship that's running up and down the lock to this day. And third, the time will come when Ben Lars, the mountain, will become so cold that it will chill and waste the land for seven miles. Climate change. So people are like, okay, that steamship, some bad shit's going to happen to it. And climate change is going to fuck us up um, with cold. What is this strange heir who comes to Bollock when the Boar's Stone at Fiernan topples over? So the Boar's Stone. What does any of that mean? (laughs) Right. So there's this big rock at a place called Fiernan. When that falls over, they said a strange heir will come to town. A strange, like heir, like H E I R. Like a new person of an odd vintage is going to come and that's going to trigger the ship disaster and the freezing over of the whole town. Guys, Bezos. the whole fucking town is for sale mm-hmm. for so. only $175,000. You can own all three acres of Lars. Whoever buys this town is going to be the strange heir because the Boar's Stone toppled over in 2020. Oh, was- so whoever buys this town is going to trigger the last two prophecies of the Lady of Lars. What? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? I don't know. There's actual real estate. It looks beautiful. You get it three does. acres of land alongside the, the lock. And 175 ain't bad, rides. man. That's not a lot of money. No. There's already like a little B&B and everything. So and anyway. With, with the air, it just says the air will... A strange air will appear or whatever, right? It doesn't say yes. like, and then die dramatically. No, nothing less is supposed to happen to the air, but there's three prophecies unfulfilled. And the idea is that the, the reason the last two haven't come is because this one hasn't happened yet. The strange air. Yike. According to the article I found, there is a very good television show from Scottish television in the 1970s that is on YouTube called The Lady of Lars. Um, if you want to hear all of these ghost stories told in a very thick Scottish accent with lots of images of sheep, I would definitely recommend that. <laughs> I love I do, that. I do love images of sheep. Yeah. Who doesn't? But anyway, that's our that's our haunted real estate for this this time in case somebody didn't take up the old jail that we sold right a couple episodes ago honestly i would i think i would do it if i had if i had the full like can just pay cash i I think i would do it i mean it costs less than my house right yeah like and you get land and you get to live over in scotland like that does it get internet because then i can keep working (laughs) yeah i mean there's there's i mean 3g starlink is about to launch anyways so we'll be cool by the time you move over what is starlink uh that's the like world blanketed internet from satellites it's supposed to be like launching this year i think right yeah um it's a, it's a spacex thing mm. so we'll see mm. yeah low 
latency yeah. broadband internet system to meet the needs of consumers across the globe. Hopefully it happens. Anyways, well, yeah, buy it. Well, we can all go on it and on it together too. Okay. Yeah, you guys, you can take the tunnels. We'll take. They don't the go across the ocean. How do you know? I just, just know. Ventura didn't didn't go that direction. We, we went could the other way. fly into France and then take the channel up mm-hmm. to uh-huh. London, right? Is that where it goes? Could do that. And then go. So if you really do want to take some type of tunnel there, we could do it that way. I'm too claustrophobic for that shit. Like, if if this, let's say there was a tunnel and they were like, hey, you won the lottery, Friedrich. You get to go and, like, live and you get to not die in this apocalypse. I would be like, I'll take the death. Like, I, I would Don't rather. Don't want to be. Yeah, I, it's just that's the older I get, the more claustrophobic I get. And that's just too much. Mm. Like it's making my hand do this. The anxiety levels would be extreme if you survived past the, the apocalypse. It's just welcome to anxiety Hell. town. Hell, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Well, I don't know. Lisa, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Why don't you go next? Well, okay. Little homie. Well, okay. We've all been we've all been out in the country, haven't we? We really mm-hmm. have. Um so I since it is July 4th weekend, I was trying to find something like, you know, like American, patriotic, whatever. Um, couldn't really find anything that I wanted to do, (laughs) but I did start thinking about like, well, and the Olympics are pretty patriotic. It's, I feel like one of the few times now where a lot of people are like, I'm actually cool with being American right now. Like, yeah, go USA. Uh, so I want to talk about the Olympics a little bit, just fun little things about the Olympics Um, and dumb things that have happened in the Olympics. Like, well, I guess, will it be technically considered happening in the Olympics? The fact that they're not letting um, Shakari run because she tested positive for weed. I I know, but stupid enough and I call uh it close enough to the Olympics to be. Yes. Such bullshit. I, it's infuriating. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been my fourth thing of the shitty things that happened this week. Um, so anyways, uh, first I want to start off with some of the Olympic sports that no longer exist, but are pretty fun. So uh, I hear an echo, but hopefully y'all don't hear it. Um, Starting out, number one, live pigeon shooting. So this still does it. This is like shooting at a target that's like flying through the air. And in the 1900 Olympics, they were like, yo, you know what? Let's like fucking do this. We're going to do pigeon shooting. And everyone's like, yay. And then by the end of the day, over 300 birds had been killed in front of everybody who was watching this event. And they were like, 
yeah, we're not going to do this again. Um, so <laughs> live pigeon shooting, no longer an Olympic sport. Second up, we've got tug of war, which honestly sounds like it could probably still exist. It's, you know, everyone knows what tug of war is. Basically, it's like who's stronger, but apparently when it did run from 1900 to 1920s, the problem with it was that everyone was just as strong as each other. And it was just super fucking boring to watch just (laughs) two groups of eight dudes on each side pulling at each other for a very long time because that's tug of war and no one could. Yeah. Nobody really liked it. Fun fact though. The first black athlete to participate in the modern Olympic games was playing in the tug of war. Um, His name was Constantine Enriquez de Zubiera and he was on the French team in 1900s. (laughs) Or 1900. Next up. I feel like that's just like a cute one, you know? You know, it wasn't like boxing or. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it wasn't. Like, y'all go play. Yeah. It wasn't the next one, which was. Could have been more dangerous. Pistol dueling. So by 1906, pistol dueling is in the Olympic Games. And people are like. We're too old for this. Like, we don't even like pistol dueling anymore now. It's the 1900s, like, get with the times. And they're like, yeah, 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 but we're still, we're going to do it, but we're going to have them shooting at, like, mannequins so it's not quite as barbaric. And everyone was like, well, then we don't really, you know, like, what's the point of this? It's just, can you... Turn around and shoot real fast, like it. It doesn't make sense. So they got rid of that one. Uh, this one ran from 1984 to 1992, and it was the Olympic sport of solo synchronized swimming. Now, how can you synchronize swim by yourself? Anyone? Anyone? Um, it's such a sad thought. Just- Slowly, you you just can't because there's no it's one to, water dancing. Yeah, it's water dancing. It's like performing yes. a choreographed routine in the water, which is you know fun, but it's also um, not synchronized in any way because there's nothing to synchronize with. So they got rid of that one, and then they had horse <laughs> long jumping. Uh, also in the 1900 Paris games where they were like, let's see how fucking far these horsies go. And it was cool. Yeah. Uh, the first clearance was 4.5 meters and all 17 horses got through. Then the further they increased, the horses started to get injured. Uh, the longer the distances became and they were like, okay, maybe, maybe let's not do this. Um, just wasting. The yeah, horses. just like fucking up the horses. So those are some of the games that aren't played. And now I'm gonna get into some of the more fun, fun quote moments. I don't necessarily want to go into the like super tragedies that have happened in the Olympics games. Yeah. Like there was, you know, the bombings uh, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There was um, also 
one that happened where I think it was in the seventies where um, some like Palestinian extremist group broke in and killed two Israeli Olympians, kidnapped nine of them and held them hostage and then ended up murdering all nine of the Olympic hostages. So fucked up shit. Can I ask a dumb? Yeah. It was that Argo. I feel like there's a movie no, about that. There is a movie about that. It was uh, Munich. There it is. It was the Munich 1972 Olympics. I think. So the, yeah, I think it's a Spielberg movie. Thank you. I haven't seen that movie, but tragic and lots of bad shit happens at the Olympics. But one of my more favorite ones was 1988. I mean, it is mildly tragic if you really want to think about it. So 1988, the Olympics is in Seoul. South Korea, right? Sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. want to mix it up. Um, and the opening ceremonies always like a huge hit. Everyone tunes in for the opening ceremonies. People like to go to it. And um, so Seoul has their big Olympic, you know, the big cauldron that's going to be lit by the torch with the fire from Greece, blah, blah, blah. They have these people on a podium like rising up to put the or to light the cauldron olympic huge torch on fire uh earlier i guess before the olympic games north korea had pulled out because they were being north koreans and um so they were like the south koreans were like you know what we're gonna add some doves to this we want it to be like a symbol of peace and unity and like that's just what we're gonna do and so they hadn't necessarily fully i guess thought it out or prepared for these doves and so they just had doves like hanging out walking around lining this big cauldron thing that's way up in the air oh no so oh, the no. South Koreans go up to on their little they're rising up on this electronic platform and they put their little torches into the big cauldron to light this thing on fire and boom there it goes and like a fuck ton of these doves just get instantly incinerated <laughs> by the lighting of the Olympic official torch and um <laughs> From so it ended up being more of a fuck you, North Korea, kinda. <laughs> and since then, you're not allowed to uh, use doves at the Olympic Games in that way. Yeah. Um. So that one I really loved. There's uh this guy who is his name is Eric Musambani. Uh, He was Mm -hmm. a swimmer from Equatorial Guinea. They called him Eric the Eel. And... Ew. I mean, you know, eels go fast. Eric the Eel, man. Does he not have... Um, We guess we're not there yet. Also, (laughs) as we know on this podcast, eels are very valuable and in high demand. So don't shit on the eel. Lisa. Mm-hmm. Some of the most valuable pound for pound material on the earth is eel flesh. Yep. It's Lest we forget. So Eric the eel was going to swim in the 2000 or yeah, 2000 Summer Olympics, the 100 meter freestyle. 
and he was not favored at all to win anything. He had never even been in an Olympic size pool before going to the Olympic games and he's in his first heat and there's two people swimming against him and he ends up winning because both of his opponents jumped too soon and were both disqualified. So he jumps in (laughs) and ends up swimming the slowest time ever in the hundred meter freestyle. And he almost didn't finish because he was so tired, but he won. And well, and is technically won is he, and he got kind of famous because he was the slowest winner of that from anything. They didn't do like a, there's no like false start. And it's just like, you guys fucked nope. up, you're out of the Olympics. Yep, they, no. they, the other two guys were disqualified and he won. He didn't actually advance the next round because his time was still way too, way too slow to beat anybody else. But that's, but he, won the heat. he won the heat. Eric the Eel, the slowest guy of the Olympics to win anything. Um, yeah, so... I know this is a little bit darker, but um, the 1936 Olympics are historically known as the Nazi Olympics. Um, The Nazi or Germany Berlin won the Olympic bid like a couple years before the Nazi regime fully came into power. And so by the time the Olympics were going to happen in 1936, shit was bad, but not you know, as bad as it would eventually be. And there were protests and people, lots of countries had major problems with even going there. And a lot of people wanted to boycott it and to kind of, I I don't think compromise is the right word, but a lot of the basis for that was like, well, Germany, we know you're being assholes and you're not going to let, any Jewish people participate in your side of the Olympic games. And Mm -hmm. because of that, we have a major issue here. You fucking fucks and fuck Hitler. And they were like, no, 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 no. Actually we are going to have a Jewish person on our Olympic team. We're going to, if any of them make it, you know what? We're not going to discriminate against them. We're also not going to put up any banners. We're not going to like do any propaganda shit. We're totally great promise. Um, only <laughs> one German at- or Jewish German athlete ended up being on the Nazi team. Um, her name was Helen Mayer. H-E-L-E-N-E. I don't know if that's like Helene Mayer. But um, mm. she was on the the German fencing team. She had competed in the Olympic Games before, but uh, not for Germany. But she was living in Germany. Her mom was Christian, but her dad was Jewish. And so by the Germans, definitely considered Jewish. She had moved over Mm -hmm. to the U.S. after, I think, around 1933, because 
the Germans are like starting to become assholes. She gets kicked out of her own fencing team. She comes over here, keeps fencing, winning stuff in America. And then in 1936, when they're like, oh, shit, I guess we have to have our like, quote, token Jewish person. Germany goes to her and they're like, come on, come on, come back and, uh, you know, fence for us. And she's like, okay, well, I do really miss home and I'm willing to kind of forget about the fact that y'all suck so I can come home and fence. So she does. She competes in the US or in the games and Mm -hmm. ends up almost winning. She gets silver for fencing. And when she gets it, she does like, she says like Heil Hitler and you know, ends up coming back to America afterwards. She doesn't stay in Germany and she ends up like dying here at age 42 from cancer. So relatively quickly after she leaves Germany. But a lot of people think that, um, I mean, she was pretty young and people were like, she was just being used by the Germans. And a lot of people also think that the reason she did Heil Hitler was because she wanted her family to be safe from whatever bullshit they were pulling over there at the time. Uh, I couldn't find anything out about her family or if they made it through. Um, She never really talked about it. There are very few interviews with her. There's a book out there somewhere, um, but she was like one of the greatest women fencers of all time. And she was half Jewish. Also uh, the stadiums over in Germany, despite them saying they weren't going to do shit, were all draped in gigantic Nazi flags. We've seen the pictures and that's the fun one where Mm. Jesse Owens came over and beat the shit out of them running. Fuck you Nazis. Um, But yeah. Those are my fun things about the Olympics. Fun and not so fun, but mostly fun. I think there's a lot of weird different I, shits that have happened at the Olympics. So did I, any of the did anybody did any of those people you mentioned smoke pot? I mean because that we can't I just, have that. It's so infuriating. That's the worst thing. It's you the can worst do as thing an you could do because it's totally going to enhance your ability to do anything. It makes your muscles so. Big. You know, if there, if it was like hot dog eating contest, sure. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Oh, for sure. That's an enhancement. But my God, so um, I'm I'm. A little surprised that there wasn't a highlight on um, when the Olympics were in Russia. Oh, and they mm-hmm. sang "Get and Lucky." Like, <laughs> or no. and they like, well, I mean, there were just so many things, like a polar bear or something, got into the the mm-hmm. hotel that everybody was staying in. It was. I don't remember that. Sochi, so Sochi, so yeah, Sochi, yeah. Uh, and then like everybody was fucking each other and like, which I think happens every <laughs> yeah. time, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, the, I just remember like the conditions were bad and people were like showing videos of their shitty hotel rooms and like how the buildings were half done. Um, yeah, it, 
That one, for some reason, sticks with me. The highlight I saw from the Sochi Olympics was that the men's, like, Russian choir, instead of singing, like, an uh, like a Russian song or something, sang Daft Punk's Get Lucky, <laughs> like, acapella, like, oh. we're up all night to get lucky, which is a real weird song to sing. Yeah, that's so weird. Um, I didn't see yeah. anything about a polar bear, though. I do see that the polar bear was like one of the Olympic mascots that year, but was it like a furry who broke in and you know, uh-huh. could have been, could have been. I mean, mm-hmm. part of the Olympics is the furry convention that happened for Olympics. Uh-huh. I bet that exists, mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> I bet it's, I yeah. bet it's out there. I will give them it money. Just started right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I. Yeah, I guess, you know, keeping things not necessarily in America. Um, I wanted to talk about Catherine Bolkovac. Uh, She is a, let's see, she went to Bosnia. She went to Sarah, oh God, I know how to say this, Sarajevo. Yes. Mm-hmm. In 1999, she was part of the UN's International Police Task Force to, uh, they went in to retrain the local law enforcement in 99. Um, she was a Lincoln, Nebraska cop. Um, so mm-hmm. she was like really stoked to be part of this international, like police for like, you know, making, cops around the world better Mm -hmm. or whatever um so this was also four years after the bosnian war uh and the regional authorities needed help you know stabilizing the region um and bolkovac worked i'm probably butchering that name and i apologize catherine um she worked alongside officers from dozens of countries and they were all under this umbrella of Dyne Corp, D-Y-N Corp. Uh, oh. They were a defense contractor financed by the United States government. Yeah, they're not good guys. They are not. They are not good guys. So she accepts this job at Dyne Corp and... Um, Shortly after she divorced her husband, and there's a higher pay here than the Lincoln Police Department, more than likely. Uh, and then it could also eventually allow her to live closer to her children, um, who she lost in the divorce. So there wasn't a lot of details there. I was assuming that her husband, um, after the divorce, that he moved away from Lincoln or, or whatever. Um, so then one she went to Fort Worth for one week of training at DynCorp. Quality. And then mm-hmm. you can't learn anything at Fort Worth in one week. Mm-mm. You can't even learn where Fort Worth is. <laughs> you can you can maybe if you're in the right part of Fort Worth at the right time, you can probably learn the cotton eyed Joe, but you're gonna mm-hmm. forget it in a year. It's a very difficult <laughs> one yeah. to remember. Um, so so after that week in Fort Worth, she went to Sarajevo and then to Zeneca, which is, uh, I think it's Northwest of Sarajevo, but it's, 
fairly close, 70 kilometers. I don't know what that is in, in our speak. Um, and she was working on a special case investigation uh, or investigating domestic abuse cases uh, regarding women who had been raped during the war and just honestly, in general, violence against women um, that had been mm. a big part of this war. And so she's like, hey, let me help train y'all on this shit. So then one day, a young girl had escaped a local brothel and she was brought into Catherine's office and she spoke uh, almost no English, but she kept re- repeating the word uh, Florida. Hmm. Okay. It's not, it's not funny, but it's funny. Um, there happened to be a local bar called Florida. Hmm. Oh. Florida. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, bad things happen there. Very unusual bad things. Yeah. It's interesting that this place is called Florida. Um, it's <laughs> regularly frequented by the humanitarian workers, um, at the uh, International Police Force, DynCorp, and U.S. personnel in general. Um, so then uh, Bolkovac is like, mm, um, what the what is this? So she starts digging in a little bit more, and she finds that many of the international aid workers on her task force had not only engaged in prostitution and child rape, oh. but facilitated, <laughs> but facilitated these operations at secretive establishments across the city. Uh, so, and then she said, this is a quote from her, the clientele were all internationals. I mean, let's face it. The locals didn't have the money to spend on this kind of an operation. So she's saying the clientele were all people that were here to quote help. Oh God. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. We found it. We've struck gold pizza game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dine Corp. Not good people. Um, Not good people. The operation was expansive. She uh, found brothels that were, you know, disguised, you know, in the back of bars, like you've seen in in movies and shit, but in real life. Uh, So they're disguised as like bars, restaurants, hotels, clubs. And she said that they were, quote, just scattered throughout the hills of Bosnia. Like, Mm. there's no real central. It's just everywhere. And so... uh, it's dark. I'm sorry. Uh, in one brothel, she found a locked room upstairs oh, no. littered with no. used condoms. And? Ooh. Yep. And seven young and terrified women. No, there um, it is. There oh. it is. No. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. Yeah, the victims confided in her that American contractors... <sighs> were raping or buying underage women mm. sometimes as young as 12 gross um no, no no and then let's see she says these cases got progressively worse until i actually had a u.s contractor who was an american police officer working with me 
actually tell me that he had purchased a woman outright from one of the bar owners right outside Sarajevo and taken her home to keep and to marry and to take back to the States with him. So he kind of... He just said that? Well, I think it was like he actually fell for this woman. It sounds like he. this was like a... I love you. I'm going to get you out of this situation. I mean, I fucking hope I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, why else would you like what? <laughs> well, and why else would you tell somebody on your same force that is a woman not to be like stereotypical, right. but like if I've bought a woman, I don't know that I'm telling a woman that I bought a woman. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but so once she heard that, like, okay, so this is happening, you know? So she, uh, she's trying to work each case individually and it's just, it's impossible. It's, it's overwhelming. Um, there, you know, I'm, you can imagine like for every brothel that's disguised as a, a bar, whatever, um, let's say everyone has a locked room of, so we're talking hundreds, if not thousands of women. So she's trying to work all of these cases individually. Um, she's mayor of Bosnia. Uh, Hmm. there were, there weren't any safe homes to, to put the victims in. So like she would talk to these women and then there, they, she couldn't put them anywhere safe. Um, so they were all jailed or deported. Um, so then, uh, oh, and then when they were jailed or deported, uh, this is cute. The law enforcement on the other side often forced them back into prostitution. Yep. Mm. Mm. So, uh, this is a quote from her. So many of these girls were obviously not free to speak and were afraid for their lives and certainly weren't going to tell the very people who were perpetrating crimes against them who came to quote, save them that they wanted out. She, uh, she was, every time she would try to like bring her concerns up the ladder and dine corp, she was blocked. It was clear. She says it was clear that the, Protection of the, quote, good old boys club was a first priority. So after a series of ineffective raids at various establishments, uh, Bolkovec hit the fuck it button. And (laughs) on October 9th of 2000, she sent an email to about 50 people at the UN, DynCorp, the International Police task force training force. I don't remember. Uh, and then the, uh, even the UN secretary general, Jacques Paul Klein, who he was like in charge of this whole mission. He also got this email and the subject line was quote, do not read this. If you have a weak stomach or a guilty conscience, <laughs> bitch, get wow. it, get it. Clickbait email style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, it's also like the polite way of saying get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like fuck off. Um, so obviously after that email, she's demoted to a desk job. While she's at that desk job, she's like pulling in these files and documents that can substantiate these claims. Um, and then, you know, kind of getting her case together. 
she said the corruption flew all the way to the top of the UN and to our state department and diplomats. This was something that was uh, her getting her information and like blowing this whistle was something that was going to actually hamper the good old boys club. So um, out of nowhere later that year, um, Bolkovac is suddenly fired mm-hmm. <laughs> for falsifying timesheets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Falsifying timesheets? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, she fled the country. Like as, pretty much as soon as she was fired, she's like, uh-uh. They're uh-uh. going to kill and me. Then, yeah. So she got out um, with – and she took all of those uh, investigative reports, threw them in a backpack. So she's got them with her. And then after this, even though she made like a ton of enemies, obviously she also made one pretty big ally with Madeline Reese, who uh, was the (laughs) leading UN official for gender issues. So once, Hmm. yeah. So once Bolgovac made, it safely to Holland. She and Reese are like working together on how do we take this to court. Uh, Reese noted that even though it was an American corporation, DynCorp's contract with her was quote governed under the laws of England. So the contract with Catherine was governed under the laws of England. So I don't, I don't why. Yeah. Uh, why? So, <laughs> so Reese introduces Bolkovac to Karen Bailey, who is a lawyer in Birmingham, England. Um, and let's see, with her, she uh, sued DynCorp for wrongful termination in June of 2001. The court ruled in her favor um, uh, on August 2nd, 2002. So it was a year and some change. Um mm-hmm. DynCorp appealed the verdict, but then dropped it in April of 2003, which was days before it announced a particular contract with the United States State Department uh, to police Iraq's civilian population during the War on Terror. DynCorp was only forced to pay Bolkovac around $153,000 in damages, which is like nothing to them, especially now. Uh, They only fired seven employees for solicitation based on um, all of these reports. And then none of them ever faced criminal prosecution. Cute. Uh, The UN established a conduct of discipline unit in 2007 to address these issues. And Bolkovac was like, yeah, okay. Uh, And four years later, September, 2011 mass protests broke out after peacekeepers were found to have raped locals at a UN base in Haiti. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hmm. So the conduct of discipline unit definitely working. Um, and then that UN guy that was in charge of Bosnia, the secretary general Klein, um, he actually went on to spearhead a similar peacekeeping mission in Liberia. And what's interesting here is that just very similar scandals (laughs) unfolded. This guy sounds good. Sounds cool. Um, so it's, that's like 
That's separate from DynCorp even. Like that's he's that's the the fucking UN. Right. Um so then Bolkovec decides to tell her story herself. Um she wrote a book called The Whistleblower and it's actually adapted into a film starring Rachel Weiss and screened at oh. the UN in New York City in 2010. Wow. And then uh, there was a an internal memo was leaked around that time Ooh. where the UN staff were urged to downplay the film's message. They were also urged to try to prevent the screening entirely. <sighs> um, but they screened Catherine, it at the UN? Mm-hmm. But, like, they were trying to be, like... They're like, we support this, but internally we do not support this. Uh huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're like, look how look how great we're doing, right? And then on the back end, they were like, hey, can we like, I don't know, fake an anthrax or whatever? Who knows? (laughs) Oh no, Um, what's in this envelope? It looks like powder. Gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So. Is to ramp it up a little. Mm-hmm. Catherine hopes um, that her story inspires folks that find themselves in a pre- position to prevent injustice, um, you know, to, to speak up. She said, don't be afraid to change the world. Don't be afraid to speak out. Just be forward, uh, forewarned. This is not an easy road ahead of you. And this, uh, she is still uh, alive. She's born in '61, I think. Um, so good honor. I, I bless her heart because if this was me, I don't know that I would ever sleep again. Yeah, yeah. The- Sleeping. I want to see the movie. It has seventy-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And a seventy-one percent score from the audience. So, and I love Rachel Vice. So, boom, 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 all boom. Good, all investigative. Reasons. We could have a, we could have a movie night of Munich and the Whistleblower. That sounds like real, really like a party right there. Chill time. <laughs> yeah, we could uh, we could put. There's a Scottish television commercial that features the Lady of Laws. We could watch that in between the two. Just it's an like, intermission. Yeah, there you go. I love it. A waffle. <laughs> yes. Well, good job, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've really made something happen <laughs> for horrible horrible things awareness yeah. month. Um, Kicking off July. Yeah. Horrible things awareness month. <laughs> I yeah. Oh, also the ocean caught on fire. In the Gulf. Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. of your list of four yeah. things, and I was like, "Oh wait, also and now, yeah, big f- is it still going?" I don't know. I, oh, that man. honestly, when I saw it, I laughed. I was like, "This, it, I'm done. I'm done. This, I'm just laughing at things now. I'm laughing at the terrible things." I mean, I know my immediately my immediate thought was, "Oh no, now there's not going to be whales there anymore." Right? Like. You know, I didn't even think of the whales. I hope that yeah. I would think that animals would like feel that heat and like instinctively go around it and try and stay away. Mm-hmm. And I bet it's mm-hmm. super loud. 
So it's a good thing whales aren't there anyway. Okay, so quote the eye of fire in Mexican waters snuffed out, says National Oil Company. Did you? Well, they're the most mm-hmm. trustworthy. They sure are. are. Yeah, we got it. It's good. It's good. Um, no worries, good. y'all. Fixed it. It's just like the image of the uh, like huge, I guess, tankers that were spraying, spraying water the, the water. <laughs> I just can't with this world anymore. I mean, apparently what they were trying i was like how is spraying water at a fire inside a bunch of uh, inside an ocean gonna do anything but i guess it was to try and add water to keep it where it was or contained yeah like a i don't know like directional something like like that man And man, in the early, like in 1912, the Titanic was the worst thing that happened. We've had like six things in a Mm -hmm. week. (laughs) Living through those historic events, baby. Also, the paparazzi going right back into Britney Spears' face is so fucking, that's so fucked. (laughs) It's just so fucked. Yeah. I just, Mm. I hope something does come, because she has another hearing in what a couple weeks yeah but is she, i don't think she's allowed to speak at it i don't see why she wouldn't be but i don't know i ain't a lawyer i don't know anyone there anymore well <laughs> oh god it's been a bleak week bleak week oh my god don't you love it um it comes I, around every year. Multiple times I want a that year. to be for next year's Bleak Week. Yeah, multiple times. I so want no. that to be part of like joining a, a sorority or fraternity. It's like, well, you got to go through yeah. Bleak Week. <laughs> got to rush Bleak Week. Yeah. You can get through without getting too agitated. You're yeah. in. I, I wouldn't yeah. make it. 